0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2021 film The Green Knight. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello. Is that your like um, medieval ballad voice?
0: <laughs> Just imagine a lute in the background. Oh. Here is the story of Paddy the Wise, the greatest knight from the West Side. <laughs> it seems to have gone down a bit of a um, <laughs> fresh Prince of Bel Air, but with a lute uh, angle here. But never mind.
1: In West Philadelphia, born and raised. Twas the playground. Where I spent most <laughs> At of At the bard school
0: yeah. was where I spent most of my days.
1: <laughs> I actually really would love to get a lute and play it. And um,
0: you should just be one of those awful people who plays music in public, like walking down a tube train with a lute dressed as <laughs> dressed as <a laughs> historic bard.
1: Yeah, definitely. Oh, it would be like um you ever read The Name of the Wind? It's one of my favorite books.
0: No, is it about Wind,
1: (laughs) no, it's what was the first book of the King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. Have you never read any of them?
0: I have not, no, don't,
1: because basically, (laughs) well, the the name of the wind is one of my all time, if not like my favorite fantasy book ever. But like, it's so he's written two books out of the three of the, the trilogy, and he's been working on the third one supposedly since 2011 and it's like yeah he's pissed off all his fans by doing silly things um and seems to be like going through a bit of a like mental health crisis i really feel for him Mm -hmm. it's really complicated but he's also kind of done some things that have annoyed his fans who are waiting for the book and have been waiting so long and it doesn't look like the third book's actually ever going to come out so don't torture yourself by reading the first two books that are so good um knowing that you'll never get the third one. But if you want to, it's amazing. But anyway, yeah, the main character plays the loot, and it made me think that I would really like to get a loot one day.
0: Oh, very good. What kind of irritating things has he done, then?
1: Just, well, there's... I don't want to... Get into it too much. Is that he ha- also has a charity called World Builders, and they used to do this annual crowdfunding thing. Um, I think it was actually nearly two years ago now, or maybe eighteen months ago. He had a thing where he said that if it was like a stretch goal, if they reached a certain amount, he would release a chapter from the new book. And they hit the goal and raised like millions of dollars, and they like, ne- and he's never released the chapter, uh, so it's just okay. a bit of a dick move. But it's for charity, so you also kind of can't really like take him to task for it because the money has gone to a good cause. But it's like. Meh. Nah, that's not cool really.
0: No, that's that is that is kind of disappointing that he'd do that. Yeah. Um yeah. I was thinking it would be like he he's he's retconned lore in the books, like actually it's all in a far future version of Earth which is one that comes up. Whenever, whenever that happens in a fantasy book, I'm like reading the synopsis of a fantasy book before I decide to read it. And then it gets round to, and it's actually in ancient Earth or it's actually in far future Earth or yeah. it's actually on another planet and a different galaxy. I'm just like, I do not care about that. I <laughs> want it to be a completely made up thing. Don't try and set it in any kind of reality for me.
1: No, just think of another planet. You can think of a planet, right? <laughs> it's just it's another universe.
0: It's just a different place. You know, yeah. you don't have to tie it in. There's yeah, there's one fantasy series in particular where it's all like in the future and elves are like evolved humans or some guff like that.
1: Uh, oh, you mean <laughs> <I'm> avatar? Like,
0: <laughs> exactly, Avatar. <laughs> it's just like, no, don't do that. Just give me give me fantasy. Give me some fantasy stuff.
1: Yeah, well, then you will like the name of the wind, then, because there's no like this is on Earth thing.
0: Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. I'll see if the final the final bit comes out.
1: Yeah, I'll probably be talking. We'll still be doing this show in about twenty years' time, and maybe it will come out by then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what's going to happen first. Are we going to stop doing the show, or is the Doors of Stone, the name, of, which is the third book, is that going to come out?
0: Oh, that's going to be that's going to be a, a, a interesting one.
1: I think it's been even longer. He gets compared to George R. R. Martin a lot, who's also like pissed off all of his fan- fans by <laughs> taking so long to, to do the the <laughs> last the new Game of Thrones book, and he just like doesn't care, um, so, which is hilarious. But like, yeah, I think it's been an even longer wait for that than it has been for the this the new um game Games of Thrones book. Sorry, right. Song of Ice and Fire. Sorry, Sorry nerds.
0: <laughs> Mate, they're the Games of Thrones. That's what it is. <laughs> the Songs Throne of games. and Fire. The Throne. Throne games. games. Yeah um that's what it all is so how are you apart from waiting for this book
1: yeah really good really good i'm really really happy to be talking about the green knight because it was awesome but before we do that i should obviously confess that my computer crashed and i lost my recording of the episode we did about dungeons and dragons 2000 so we need to do our capsule review of that first don't we we? so unfortunately our conversation about jeremy irons's most iconic performance is lost to the sands of time is that the correct expression
0: yeah, lost to the sands of time, like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Exactly, yeah. <laughs>
1: it, actually, that that is a good question to, as a barometer of this. What's worse, Prince of Persia's Sands of Time or Dungeons & Dragons 2000? Dungeons
0: & Dragons 2000 is far Far worse than Prince of Persia. Sounds of actually Time.
1: no. Now that I'm thinking about it, I just remembered that that had Ben Kingsley <laughs> in it. So, so that's good.
0: I'm sorry, but in the in the in the tearing of how to survive a bad movie, Ben Kingsley beats out um, Jeremy Irons.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know what? I would love to see a film where Ben Kingsley and Jeremy Irons both play like evil wizards who fight each oh, other. That would. That's be like it. my dream film.
0: Maybe we could get them in. It's a prequel to Wizard Cop.
1: Where it's set on Earth, right? But it's not like Earth. It's not the Earth you know. <laughs>
0: it's it's yeah, yeah. That is the one problem. Actually, is that um, is is that Wizard Cop? The one flaw in Wizard Cop is that it is based in New York. He's a New York cop. That's the problem with Wizard Cop. Yeah. this is this is going back into Far Law. If we've got any new listeners today. <laughs>
1: So are we now ret- retconning the lore of this podcast we're going to piss off we're all our fans? Piss off
0: all our fans yeah.
1: Spoiler this podcast does not take place on earth.
0: <laughs> no, it takes takes place on uh, the magic realm of Untergrand. That's where we're from. <laughs> Far
1: into the future. <laughs> no. Two galaxy-brained human beings.
0: <laughs> no future. Maybe a little past but time is different. Yep. None of that. None of that stuff. Can't handle it. It just makes me angry thinking about it. Like it, it makes me angry enough thinking about Star Wars being a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Which means <laughs> every time every time you go to the cinema that shows up. Boo <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rob's there just booing the screen.
0: Because it means that Star Wars is technically a historical movie. It's, histo- yeah, historical it's fiction. It's historical fiction.
1: It's the same as Hilary Mantel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Hall. Actually about um Porgs, yeah, uh, Porg, yeah, Porg Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should do that. Someone should write a sci-fi Star Warsy movie, but in the style <laughs> of Mantel. That I would, would actually amazing. love that. Yeah, like, like you know, like George George R R. Martin. It's really has... hard to say, isn't
1: it, George R R. Martin?
0: <laughs> he. Um, but you
1: can't say George Martin because that was the Beatles manager guy.
0: That's that's the singer of She Bang She Bangs. Oh yeah. No, that was Wagner.
1: <laughs> that was Wagner. God, we're really oh, going man. in circles now.
0: We, we really are. Um, yeah, <laughs> G- G- George R. R. Martin. His his books are, um, you know, they, they they are heavily weighted with historical references and you know true events and true wars and things like that. Um, why not do that with some sci-fi? Give us give us Henry the Eighth, but in space.
1: Yeah, that's a, that actually re- is really good. I would yeah. actually love that.
0: Yeah, give us Henry VIII in space. I'll totally enjoy that. Um, anyway, speaking of...
1: So yeah, Dungeons & Dragons 2000, <laughs> it's rubbish. Don't watch it's it. It's well rubbish. Total Don't rubbish. watch it. Marlon Wayans potentially is quite fun and enjoyable in it. It's it's a shit piece. So it is. there is some badness that is good. Jeremy Irons' performance is iconic and fun and stupid. And it's it is worth watching for that, perhaps, if you're in the mood. But it is rubbish. It's total rubbish.
0: Yeah, it is worth not watching.
1: And if you haven't yet seen Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, then please go and see that because it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a, a fun little movie. Go and go and watch that instead.
1: Do not even consider watching D&D 2000 if you haven't <laughs> seen D&D Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not.
0: Um so this this week then This week have we have Yeah,
1: kind of a fantasy thing, don't we? The Green Knight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they've escaped. Escaped Dungeons and Dragons, bit into something which is uh, for smart, big-brained adults, which yep. is Arthurian legends.
1: <laughs> Directed by A twenty four.
0: Directed by A twenty four, indeed. Um, <laughs> the A stands one... for
1: Ota. That's a galaxy Stans, brain. Stands for Arthur. <laughs> Arthur twenty four. Arthur 24. That's, 24. Right. that's right. Twenty four seven Arthurian. <laughs>
0: Planning to make a channel that's just twenty four seven or Arthurian legend movies. Hey, I'd watch um, that. have you have you seen any other movies based on King Arthur?
1: Um, I haven't seen the Guy Ritchie one. I'm trying to think. My all time favourite is obviously The Sword in the Stone, which I know is a kids mm. film, but it is based on a, a very very important book in the Arthurian tradition, and I think that's probably actually my favourite, even though it only deals with that kind of the the kid part really. I'm trying to think of others, and there aren't really any that spring to mind, even though I do enjoy a bit of King Arthur. Uh,
0: You're missing Transformers The Last Knight, which I believe has, like, a King Arthur Transformer or something in it. Oh, no. (laughs) A King Um, Arthur Transformer. He's a a genuine Transformer or something like that. Um, Of course, the two great movies about Arthurian legends are... Uh, King Arthur 2004, where Clive Owen plays King Arthur. Of
1: course. <laughs> I've not seen it. <laughs> of course.
0: Um, <laughs> I think I've seen it, and I remember literally nothing about it, apart from that um, Kira Knightley shoots people with a bow. That's pretty much the only thing I remember about that film. King Arthur um, of the Caribbean. But genuinely, King Arthur Legend of the Sword is actually very good fun, and I think you would enjoy watching it. Which one's that? That is the guy Richie one. Okay, it's genuinely yeah. quite Gruffers, a fun.
1: Legend of the Sword. Wait, right. What we're gonna do,
0: lads? We're gonna pull off a cheeky heist, and then we're gonna get all the gold in Camelot, right? And then like that that instrumental Oasis song. I enjoy
1: playing. your your gruff voice. Have you have you watched <laughs> the, the tangent? Have you watched Ted Lasso?
0: No, I haven't. I you hear it's You sound good. just
1: like one of the characters from Ted Lasso when you do that voice. Oh, really? <laughs> Roy Kent. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I highly recommend King Arthur Legend of the Sword. It is a fun film. I think you would enjoy it. I,
1: okay, I'll um, get around to it. I remembered also that actually maybe I think I saw more Arthurian TV, perhaps. Because um, there's Merlin, which is the, the series, yes. which is really good. But did you know... That that series that was based on a series in the '90s that had Sam Neill in it as Merlin.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, That's which is cool.
1: really good as well.
0: It I think has, I saw um, that somehow.
1: We had like a, maybe a VHS of it, or I I like saw it. It was always on the telly. I don't know.
0: And the the young man who um, <laughs> the, the young, young man.
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you <laughs> said you said that. I know exactly who you mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the young man. He was in a good. He was in a good thing um humans did you ever watch humans no
1: what's that colin morgan um, is his name
0: that's right he's the young man that's also <laughs>
1: you can't remember his name because it sounds like a guy from accounts no offense <laughs>
0: <laughs> um humans was a um it was shown on channel four um and it's about robots but they have like human brains they have yeah. there's like like they're like uh it's when they've introduced like human looking robots who like help with chores and things like that right so it's an interesting series I watched the first one and then never ended up watching the other series but the first one was extremely good hmm. he's, he's a good actor I think his performance in Merlin's he's. really good yeah he should be in more stuff However, we're not here to talk about Merlin.
1: No, but the Arthurian context is important because it's one of the more well-known Arthurian tales. But at the same time, I don't think I've ever seen any other film or TV adaptation of it, even though we studied it in the first year of our degree, didn't we?
0: We did study it in the first year of our degree. Um, But yes, The Green Knight. Um, One of those... um, Sir Sir Garwin and The Green Knight um one of the most well known i'd say or maybe i mean everyone remembers things like the lady of the lake and all of that kind of stuff but outside of that i imagine it's probably one of the better known ones
1: everyone remembers brave sir robin <laughs>
0: that that definite <laughs> genuine thing yeah um <laughs> yeah um so yeah they 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 made they made a couple of versions of it in the 70s i think right um but i've not seen either of them um so instead this is really like the first proper adaptation of this story that i've ever seen and
1: it's great isn't it it's fantastic absolutely fantastic and it was it was critically acclaimed i think at the time um but it's Mm -hmm. it's really yeah all of that acclaim is completely justified it's brilliant.
0: As you'd expect yes, from an A24 yeah. film, am I right? As you'd expect from the director of 2016's remake of Pete's Dragon. <laughs> I know. I was looking at this
1: David Lowry. <laughs> I'm thinking, do I know David Lowry's work? Have I seen any of his work? I haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't seen that version of Pete's Dragon. But the fact that he directed both this and that is awesome. I love that.
0: Yes. Yeah. What a great combination. It's it's up there with. Um, um George Miller directing Mad Max and Happy Feet. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Fantastic. Um you know.
1: And he's following this up with um a new Disney's Peter Pan and Wendy, so but
0: Yeah. Uh. See what I'd like him to do is actually make a Beowulf movie. Oh,
1: yes, give us the Beowulf that we that we should have got but that Robert <laughs> Zemeckis gave us in yeah, did not give us. I mean,
0: yeah yeah
1: but you would, you would say to me disney have got a new peter pan coming out i'd say no i don't want to see that peter pan is not one of my favorite stories i think it's a bit creepy and weird and the di- original disney cartoon is actually one that i don't like and i don't even like the oh, songs ooh. they're irritating yeah it's not one that i like not one that i had growing up um or maybe i saw it at a friend's house and didn't like it but yeah not really into it but Having now seen The Green Knight and seen what an amazing director he is, I genuinely would consider watching it.
0: But have you seen his Pete's Dragon?
1: No, I haven't. So I'd rather watch that, because obviously, Dragon.
0: (laughs) Well, it may well be worth watching Pete's Dragon and reporting back as to whether it's any good or not, because we all know how Disney likes to completely stifle the creative um, impulses of their directors when they then have to make something for... Um, for 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 Disney,
1: yeah, but also Robert Redford's in it.
0: Then it's blatantly going to be good. <laughs> uh. yeah.
1: no, not as the dragon. I'm just looking at. He looking should at be the now. dragon. Yeah.
0: Um, who's who's Robert Redford in? Says,
1: Robert Redford as Conrad Meacham, Grace's father, who has been telling stories about the dragon. I don't think I've ever seen all of the original Pete's Dragon. I don't even know, know who any of the characters are. Was it one you had growing up?
0: No, not really. I think I watched it. We might have rented it from Blockbuster or something like that.
1: It was one of the ones where the trailer for it was at the beginning of all of our Disney VHS ones, but we never had it.
0: Yeah, I remember there's a little kid and there's a dragon. I assume that is Pete and the dragon, but that's about as much as I remember.
1: And it's it's one of those really weird ones where it's live action, but they've superimposed cartoons on it. And it's a very early example of that. And it's really janky. The original. Yes.
0: Yeah. Which, to be honest, I'm... I love those kind of movies. Yeah. That is thats is all all that I'm a big... I'm a big fan of that kind of weird jankiness. So, uh, yeah, bring it on, I'd say. I
1: think we need to do a Pete's Dragon special, don't we? We do both
0: of them. We do. We do. We do do... A- <laughs> Do a peace dragon double book. is there anything also watch bed knobs and broomsticks as well yeah that one as
1: well i don't think i've ever seen it all i think i saw half of it at a friend's house once again trailer was on every disney vhs we had but i was like i'm not sure about this
0: our version of bed knobs and broomsticks was recorded off the television we didn't own it we just watched it on like itv and just recorded it
1: oh yeah we recorded a few off the tv as well
0: like the horrible pirates that we were.
1: <laughs> no, we had, my dad taped Robin Hood off the TV for me, the Disney one. And it started like about a third of the way through. <laughs> so for a long time, I hadn't <laughs> seen the first third of it.
0: I used to love, and this is such a weird nostalgic thing. I kind of miss it. Um, when you're watching back a video that you've recorded off the television, and the video's like 15 years old now. And you get all of those old TV adverts and you just get that pang of nostalgia, which you don't get anymore because now, you know, we don't have terribly, terrible quality recorded VHS tapes from something that was on at 11 o'clock at night on Channel 4. Um, It's just a bit of a shame that we don't get that anymore. Everything's so convenient. I know. It's all there. And the adverts are awful
1: (laughs) now as well. Every advert now is bad.
0: Did somebody say just eat? I hate. (laughs)
1: Okay. Apart from that one with Snoop Dogg. I actually do like that
0: uh i i am not a fan but the song gets stuck in my head <laughs> M- much much like moonpig.com's little jingle oh jeez! but Worst. not funkypigeon.com that also has a little jingle but i don't remember that
1: yeah Jingles were better in the 90s as well. Everything was better back in our day, wasn't it?
0: Back in our day, we didn't have. Well, no, we did have the internet, but we didn't regularly use the internet because we had to dial up to it. It had to go beep. You youngsters. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> You youngsters don't know the joy that we had in the pre-internet days where we could watch a video of a film that had been on TV and heavily edited, and every half hour (laughs) it it broke for adverts for chocolate bars.
1: And Toys R Us.
0: And Toys R Us. Um,
1: How did we... Sunny
0: Delight. Let's go. No no segue. I was going to
1: bring it back to Star Wars by saying back in our day, there was only one Star Wars trilogy, and now there's all this Star Wars bullshit everywhere uh, because (laughs) David Lowry is directing a Star Wars television series. Oh, really? And it's coming out this year, apparently. Star Wars Skeleton Crew.
0: Oh, I think it's for kids, which I suppose makes sense because he
1: makes Jude Law as a Jedi.
0: Okay, he's worked with Jude Law before, I think, on something else. Has he? Yeah.
1: It is part of the Star Wars franchise, taking place in the same time frame as The Mandalorian and its interconnected spin-offs after the events of Return of the Jedi. It's a coming-of-age story. Okay.
0: Mm. We'll see.
1: And again, now that I've seen how he directs, I'm interested in that. I'm never going to be able to watch all of the Star Wars content, but I genuinely would like to give that a go.
0: Apparently um he's directed an episode as has the daniels
1: oh okay
0: so that's cool Ah. so we'll see i'm i want i mean all of star wars apart from andor is for kids yeah um but i feel like when it leans too much into being for kids it kind of loses its way a little bit even for kids if you know what i mean
1: I don't know what you mean. The the series when it turned out Darth Maul didn't die and he's like a spider half spider guy <laughs> cartoon. That that's that's very very grown up galaxy brain content.
0: I remember I I was on Twitter the other day and someone was saying, "Oh, you all say that this Star Wars animated shows for kids, but look at this scene and it's just like, oh, a character got killed. Okay." <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's not for kids. Kids can <laughs> see people dying in things. What do you think happens in literally every Disney movie?
1: Yeah. I'm trying what? to, like... Yeah, and that's the thing. Even reading, like, picture books to my kid.
0: It, <laughs> full of... Death is just everywhere. Death, yeah. You can't avoid it. And th- and that's part of the, the point of those kind of stories, is getting kids to understand death and things like that. Is You know, it is a part of these fables for a reason. Yeah. So it's like saying... Saying that this is for a this is for adults because it's got someone who dies in it. It's like no. But I would say that the Green Knight is for adults. Unless you want to show your children some very not for kids scenes. You know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna bring up the jizz cloth.
1: <laughs> yeah. You think are they gonna show it? Are they gonna show it? Yeah, and they, they show, show it. Just for like the perfect length
0: of time. <laughs> Um you won't there's a yeah. a kind of sex scene. There's a sort of sex scene and then it's a very unsexy sex scene and then quite fittingly it ends with a shot of jizz. Um and you think, Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> um but it does show how truly wonderfully weird the Green Knight is, isn't it? This is a very strange movie and it's all the better for it.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's not a straightforward film by any means, but I don't think it's difficult to watch either, and it—I don't think that it's deliberately obtuse either. It's just yeah, like suddenly the fox is talking. You know, you're, you're three quarters of the way film and the, through through the film, and now the fox is talking and telling you to turn back.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but the thing is that it's a, its an Arthurian legend. Of course, that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, of course, and because that—that's the thing. It kind of it has the the aesthetic and vibe of a horror film doesn't it but at no point does it really stray into horror territory there is some nasty stuff you know and there's some scary stuff in it but it mostly does feel like this kind of heroic tale but told more with the tools of the cinematic tools of horror and that could be awful but instead it's brilliant
0: yes yeah it's it's not you know, it's not a it's not a horror movie in the slightest, but it uses that tension and it uses that atmosphere effectively as and when it needs to. Um, you know, there is this otherworldly quality to the magic and the unnatural in this film, which I think is very effective.
1: Yeah, and it's dark. And the the score is is very much like a horror score, but it's it's really, really effective. And it's not overdone at any point. It's very, very subtle, but there there's a lot of kind of Soft, c- softly creaking dissonant strings that really, really bring things to life when it, the the screen is very, very dark, but it feels bright because that music is underpinning it. Do you know what I mean? Mm,
0: yeah, absolutely. It, it creates this sort of tension in a really effective way, and then it sort of shifts into this very atmos- these very atmospheric moments as well. Um, it's yeah, it's it's really well done, really well done. Yeah, and so. It does follow the legend. It follows the story of Gawain and the Green Knight. But it does tweak things here and there, doesn't it? Whereas the original Green Knight fable um, has a sort of innocence to it, which was often typified his character as a knight, um, it kind of inverts that and does some darker things with it along the way which is a quite interesting decision to make I think
1: yeah absolutely and it's it's in no way trying to be a faithful adaptation of this 13th century poem or whenever it was whenever it was written but like it is a faithful adaptation because it tells the same heroic story in a way that is highly is fully appropriate for a modern audience but it Mm. it does it is not heroic at any point is you you kind of you and this is partly down to dev patel's performance which is fantastic you can see the kind of every time his face is on screen and a lot of the time it's a real close-up on kind of the the, his face at an oblique angle while he's sweating or like (laughs) you can see the anguish on his face and it's the whole time you can tell he's actually really struggling with this and there's not a lot of dialogue like a lot of it is told, there's no kind of long monologues or anything about how, how much he's struggling. It's just kind of like the odd throwaway line, like, I'm not meant for greatness or whatever, but he's just kind of carrying out this quest anyway. Whereas, you know, the, the original poem is more of a heroic narrative, I guess, but you still see him very much as a hero.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's this flawed character, which is is interesting because I'm, I'm going to put my Arthurian legend hat on here and put on my little tweed jacket and cardigan um you know that I'm going to stop talking like that now because I think it will drive listeners insane if I continue doing that. yeah yeah but um <laughs> but just imagine that I'm continuing to say this in my Keir Starmer voice and so essentially his character in the legends takes this really interesting shift that's almost to do with like the cultural change and I might be completely talking out of my arse here because it's been a while since I talked about it. So if we do have any legend uh, uh if we do have any legends listening if we do have any absolute bloody legends listening to Oh, us, I'm a legend mate. Um if, if we have any um experts in 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 the Arthurian legends who wants to correct me, please do do um get in touch. But I seem to remember that where he had that initial um and at the time of this fable coming out, had this sense of being um this more naive but idealistic knight um, with lots of piety around him over time. And because of those cultural shifts in the landscape, he sort of turned into this more um, uh, sort of um, cautionary tale almost. Mm. And what's interesting here is that they've kind of embedded those two sides to his character into one here to tell this quite comprehensive story about him and obviously at the end it's very shifts from what the kind of fables say and what the this key story says but it's quite interesting the way they're trying to embed these very very disparate elements of this this um this mythological character um am i going to get in trouble with with far right white supremacist weirdos in this country by saying that garwain and and the arthurian legends are made up
1: (laughs) maybe yeah we gonna we're going to get we're going to get culture it's all real
0: it's all real this is wokeness saying that the round table didn't exist
1: king arthur was a definite real king <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was killed by the french bloody french bloody foreigners
1: he was killed by said. the eu bloody that?
0: by bendy bananas or whatever it is that people got angry <laughs> about was it bendy bananas
1: Yep, yeah. like or not King bendy enough oh, no, not, not bendy. No, not the bananas weren't bent enough for the people right, on the right. Okay.
0: There we go. There
1: we go. The EU has to <laughs> has a, had a rule around straightening bananas. Yeah. So yeah, King Arthur is probably the next target of the culture wars, which is the the distra- distraction from all the horrible shit that's really happening <laughs> in the world.
0: <laughs> Make King Arthur great again.
1: <laughs> yeah well that's what this film does but not king arthur himself because he's um gawain's uncle and he's just
0: like a raggedy old man he, he's done all of his all of his kingly knightly stuff by this point he's just he's just shuffling he's shuffling about with his with his Little friends,
1: he's walking around going every day. I'm shuffling, shuffling, <laughs> shuffling. But but there's a that perhaps the most brilliant scene in the film is um, when he goes to the Green Knight at the very very end, um, and he's about to chop his head off. He has there's a very very long kind of theoretical um, like dream sequence where he sees his whole life of him coming back and being crowned king and um, and marrying some princess and whatever, and then it kind of ends. It seems to end in go up in the smoke in the end. But it's kind of that that kind of Seeing him become the king and taking on that role from his old his old uncle feels fitting in that moment. But then you you it comes back to just like his his anguished face, and you remember him saying, "I'm not meant for greatness." And the way it portrays that kind of kingship is is really really good as well. I think. And again, there's no dialogue in that scene at all. It's it's all it's all just kind of flashing through these images.
0: Yeah, and it's really powerfully done, isn't it? And it goes through. Um you know, it goes through the future that could await him. Um and and it's it's almost like the future that awaits him if he um if he if he doesn't recognise his cowardice and recognise his, you know, his need to develop. So it's yeah. quite interesting the way that it does that, I think. It's really one of the most interesting and powerful ends to a movie I think I've seen in quite some time.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't face up to his own hubris, his own cowardice, his own shortcomings, that's what it's about really, isn't it? If you want to mm. try and do a, a deep reading of themes, it's a, it's about like coming to terms with yourself, isn't it?
0: Yes, yeah. Um, but also, it's a really goofy movie. and if you're immature like me, there's lots of things that you'll enjoy about it from a goofy level. It definitely has um, goof
1: factor and that's the thing. it's it's not a comedy by any means <laughs> no, it's, it's no, not it's funny. Very... but there are things that there are things that are light-hearted in it that I think are needed because otherwise you end up with a film that's really one note. Right when you're doing something that is dark like this and weirdly I just thought of the lobster yeah as a film that kind of was that kind of one note and that had the score that was just awful that I hated and that <laughs> ruined it for me. but do you know what I mean that film is a good example of a film that has all this kind of heavy stylization and aesthetic and darkness that is really effective but because it's so one note throughout the whole film it just falls flat and it doesn't have those moments of levity.
0: Whereas I enjoyed the lobster a lot more than you, yeah, you did, um, and I found that levity and the absurdity of certain moments. Um, but I see where you're coming from. Um, you know, you've got those moments where, like the the fox gets let out of the of the bag, um, yeah, and you sort of it's like like that light hearted element, or those moments of wonder, like coming across the giants, for instance, where. Even though this is a movie about a failed you know the adventure doesn't feel like an adventure um because it's almost just stumbling from bit to bit to bit to bit, to bit. yeah, it does still have those moments of of a genuine sort of awe, which I think is, is good that it has those moments in it.
1: Yes, and it's, it's weirdly episodic, isn't it? And it has these really fantastic sort of stylized title cards that I love that just crop up every now and, on, now and then. So it's like, now you're on to the next verse of the epic poem. Mm. And it, it clearly loves and wants to pay tribute to that kind of that epicness that you have in fantasy and in Arthurian legend, doesn't it? Through, But it, it sees that more as an aesthetic choice than a thematic one
0: yes yeah absolutely absolutely it's yeah it does it frames it all in such a way that it feels like this great thing doesn't it which i think is really interesting yeah
1: and then it's like he's going gone on to the next bit he's crossing some barren land talking to a guy and then the next thing he's getting beaten up and left in the forest and you're like okay that's actually kind of underwhelming
0: <laughs> which has been a while since i watched since i read the the initial story, but I don't remember that happening there. And equally, they 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 put in, oh, it's not an accurate depiction of Sargain and the Green Knight, naught out of twenty. Um, and also they put in um the the story of Winifred, Saint Winifred, as one of the chapters here, which is which works quite well because it does build a sort of um character progression for him. It's quite an interesting choice. I don't, does does Gawain have anything to do with Winifred? Is that a thing? I don't
1: think so off the top of my head. I mean again I haven't I don't think I've read the, the source text since we studied it at university, but I don't think so. No. It's
0: definite it's definitely not in there, but I don't think the the story of Winifred has anything to do with with Gawain the knight either does it? No. Isn't it that she was going to become a nun? Angry man decapitates her. And then
1: she's gotta find her head, she's
0: she she yeah, yeah that that's basically it, isn't it, something like that, yeah, um, I'm not sure, yeah. so
1: yeah, it's is an
0: interesting an interesting sort of depiction, and um i I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know whether there is any mention of it in the book, not the book, the poem, I wonder, maybe I have to go back and reread it, but at the same time books are for nerds particularly old books especially
1: yeah the older the book the more nerdy it is
0: (laughs) exactly Beowulf purely nerd yeah this slightly less nerd but still peak nerd
1: the book of Genesis is pure nerd (laughs) shit
0: mega nerd yeah sitting there reading hieroglyphics I'm afraid you are the most nerd (laughs) (laughs) um anyway um yeah but it's it's cool um Dev uh, Patel is amazing. Dev devastatingly handsome Patel is great.
1: Yep. he's great in everything, isn't he?
0: I mean, he, he genuinely is. He's one of those people that I would watch in anything and he would improve anything.
1: I don't think I've seen anything that he was in that I didn't like.
0: No, I keep meaning to watch the David Copperfield. Did we not talk um, about that? No, oh, well. no, I never, I never saw it. I've seen it and I it really
1: looked. enjoyed it and I don't... Uh, I think, obviously, A Christmas Carol is perhaps, is one of the greatest books ever written, and I love that, but I am i don't always enjoy Dickens' adaptations. Sometimes I do, and sometimes mm. I don't. Sometimes they're just too serious, you know, and they're too up themselves. But this one is absolutely brilliant, and it's directed by um, Armando Iannucci, so you'd expect that, yes. but it, it is yeah. really, really good. We should talk about that sometime.
0: Yeah, I, I did mean to watch it when it came out, but never got around to it. Um, I was too busy waiting for Cats, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cats was around the same time, wasn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, it was, 2019. Um,
0: but I, I like the other the other cast in in this film as well. Um, Ralph Innocent's really great as the Green Knight. We we like him. Yeah, it's and good.
1: it's all practical effects, isn't it? Pretty much. There's a little bit of digital stuff, I think, but not much.
0: Um, Sean Harris plays um, King Arthur. and does a very good job. Um, we get Sarita Chowdhury as... Um, uh, his mum. Yeah, I've forgotten. I've forgotten the the mum's name in the in the Arthurian legends.
1: I'm not sure. It's it's in the film. It's just give. It just says here, mother, mother, <laughs> mother. <laughs>
0: what's what's her, what's her name in the in the legends? What's going on with I my brain? Remember. I cannot remember. But yeah, it begins with M.
1: But there's. There's all this kind of heavily, Im- this stuff, this imagery implying that she's behind it and she's like a witch doing all the magic stuff.
0: Um, yeah, there's loads of interesting stuff there and really great performance. And then we get Joel Edgerton as Sir <laughs> Um He's great yeah. in this. I mean, he's brilliant in everything. I love Joel Edgerton. I think he's yeah. very, very good. Um, and then we get a dual performance from Alicia Vikander. I know. Um, which it's is like it's, it's, it's her again what
1: what's going on now
0: yeah <laughs> which is which is great and again it ties into you know that there's all of this duplicity in the 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 source material about who these people actually are who is this lord who is this lady uh that he meets along the way um and they sort of tie that back into this and it sort of ties into you know what his desires are and what his beliefs and virtues are and that kind of friction yada 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 it's all all very thematically heavy um, but the key thing to take away from this is that Alicia Vikander can't particularly do a brummy accent very well
1: <laughs> it's, it's hard to do for anyone which
0: is really difficult particularly if you're not from england
1: Look, if you're not a member of slade or Ozzy osborne then yeah if you're not a member of slade or black sabbath then it's probably going to be hard for you
0: which yeah you know it is a tricky one to pull off but it is quite funny her accent and i enjoyed the bad accent
1: i didn't mind it i thought it actually brought some of that levity
0: but apart from that her performances are really good and you don't mind the dodgy accent um and again that dual performance is is always tough to pull off and and pulled off effectively here
1: yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, it's it's very, very interesting and makes for an interesting thing. And it's never really fully explained, is it? And it doesn't really matter, does
0: it? No, no, absolutely not.
1: It's just one of those weird things. I've just looked on Joel Edgerton's page and realised it says he, he appeared in King Arthur 2004 as Gawain.
0: Oh, really? Amazing. Yeah. That's very cool.
1: His performance must have left a great impression on you.
0: The next... Um, <laughs> the, the next... Um thing that she's in Alicia Vikander is a film about Catherine Parr okay the last wife of Henry the eighth
1: are they just going through all the wives now is that how it works they
0: should the the Henry the eighth wife cinematic universe yeah um you'll be pleased to know that Jude Law plays Henry the eighth
1: is it in space though
0: <laughs> I hope so I no, I hope that it's a crossover with um it does a crossover with Tomb Raider yeah <laughs> that would be good are th- is she going to be Tomb Raider again are they going to make another I don't know I never saw her? it because she was cool it was a good it was a fun little adventure romp is it goofy nah, not as goofy as it should be right that's the one flaw it's not mm. as goofy as it should be yeah I like I, well we both like Alicia Vikander. she's been yeah. some really good she's good brilliant stuff. Um, and this is an, another example of that even if the accent is but like I said promy accent is a tough one
1: yeah that was a bit unnecessary wasn't it David Lowry?
0: <laughs> Didn't really need to do it, no. But uh, hey ho, who, who who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the performances are really good, and it's all it's a very abstract, um, a very abstract movie, and those can sometimes be quite difficult to act in. Um, but I think. Everyone does their job really well. I think it's fair to say.
1: Absolutely, and that that's the thing. The performances are so good and so captivating and so believable that it almost hides the the abstractness of the film, doesn't it? Because mm. they're so they're, their performances are so human and so engaging. Particularly Dev Patel's central performance. Yeah, but all of them, yeah. you you believe the humanity of it, and that helps to make it feel engaging and not weird. And just looking at this and going, this is weird and silly. Looking at this and going, oh, here is a human guy struggling with something. If I saw yeah. a fox at the mouth of a cave, I would invite <laughs> it in.
0: If I, if a fox told me to go home, I to be honest, I'd probably listen to it. I think the fox would probably know something more about the situation than I do. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> There's also a moment when Alicia Vikander says to him, Do you like books?
0: <laughs> and he should have said books of nerd. She
1: said, No, I'm not a nerd.
0: I'm not a nerd, I'm a cool boy. Um But yeah, I th- I think you're completely right about how the performances help give this humanity to this film because otherwise when you have a film that feels this abstract and does have these very experimental moments it can almost feel like a feature length perfume commercial yeah yeah um but this avoids that because there is that driven element to it that helps you feel engaged throughout isn't there
1: green knight by dior (laughs) i'd wear that fragrance
0: yeah exactly I, I imagine that Ralph Innocent always smells really nice. Actually,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it smells like some cut grass and like fresh yeah. leaves. <laughs> the Green Knight is so good. Yeah. Like, as it not well, the film is very good, but the, his the the Green Knight himself. Mm. <laughs> is amazing whoever did the, the costumes yeah. or practical effects deserves to win the to have won the oscar i don't know if it won any awards or anything for it but it absolutely deserves to it, and that's the part of the the epic poem that is probably the most interesting it's the 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 sort of the, the, the supernatural the monstrous element of it it's like who even is this guy and and then you see him and you're like well there's an incredibly imposing figure but it also kind of reminds me of treebeard from lord of the rings in a, in a good mm. way you know mm
0: yeah absolutely there's something so real and grounded about the fact that it has those practical effects in place that really helped sell it um and you know it ties in so perfectly to the performance as well it's yeah it's really great it i don't think it got any big oscar nominations or anything like that which is a shame because it's great
1: well, that, that first scene where he rides into the court and, yeah, it goes through all that all that stuff and he's just there on his horse in the middle of the court. It's brilliantly shot. It's really, really well. It yeah, cuts together really amazingly. It's, he just is so imposing and the way it shows all their reactions to him in quite a subtle way. And it uses... The score is really good, but it uses silence in a really good way as well. It's Yeah, it's, it's yeah, brilliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can talk about how this movie was successful financially as well and critically successful i mean
1: oh, it was successful yeah, financially uh, c- critics love
0: loved this movie the critical response was phenomenal um people people adored it apart from a few ends, if you don't like this movie and you're a film critic then
1: you know I have to now go and see if Peter Bradshaw will read
0: it. <laughs> you've got to. You've got to. Um, but it also did succeed financially. I mean this movie was never in any doubt of being a success financially because I think it got immediately put onto Amazon Prime. So clearly Amazon Prime got a good deal on getting it out there. So I think it was always pretty safe. But equally, when you look at the box office, it made more than its money back, which for a film like this is quite impressive.
1: Yeah, that's really impressive. You wouldn't look at this and immediately think mainstream success, would
0: you? No, no. And But yeah, so it made about $20 million back against a $50 million budget. Um, which again, when you think about how little that costs in the grand scheme of things for a movie that this impressive to look at it does show that you don't have to spend all the money in the world to make an artistically powerful film
1: yeah Um, Bradshaw gave it five stars
0: oh no I've got to rethink my love of this film I think
1: we have to delete this episode immediately
0: (laughs) (laughs) um but it didn't go down so well with audiences um I noticed when I went to go watch it on Amazon Prime that it only had three stars out of five you
1: know I noticed that
0: as well and I thought oh that's strange um, when you look at the um the audience score on cinema score they only gave it a c plus
1: right as a score must try harder be more historically <laughs> accurate next time
0: <laughs> i don't think it's the historical accuracy that did it in i think it's the why is this knight not cutting off people's heads this is ridiculous blah 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 um And when you go over to Metacritic, you can again see that discrepancy between what critics saw and what audiences saw, where the Metascore for Critics is 85 out of 100 and the User Score is 63, um, with basically the vast majority of people liking it and then those people that didn't like it absolutely hating it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Here is um, a review from... (laughs) Metacritic user Shag Zero Zero.
1: <laughs> no, Austin appreciate. Powers is pseudonym. Uh,
0: <laughs> absolutely. Or just a fan of carpeting. Um this nonsense of a film is less interesting than staring out of your window to watch the traffic passing by. The writing slash script is poor and badly received. The ending is something you wonder about. About whether it is connected to the body of the film, this what? is without doubt the worst film I have ever seen. Thank you, Shag Zero Zero, for your thank you very, for
1: using words that you think are clever but are not.
0: you're very very, uh, very very thoughtful um, response here. Um, here is a review from Milkman.
1: <laughs> Just Milkman.
0: Um, beautifully shot drivel. <laughs> the Mulholland Drive of historical fantasy, <laughs> avoided all costs, and actually,
1: I've never Milkman, seen Mulholland Drive.
0: Milkman hits on a very interesting point there, because as someone who has watched Mulholland Drive and enjoys it, this does have a similar kind of atmosphere. So, yeah, yeah I'd agree okay. with you, Milkman. Even though by not liking it, you've proven that you're an idiot. Um. <laughs> so, I would read out. Uh, a review here from va one um, because uh, it's hilarious. I don't know if, do do you mind me having a little bit of a, a, a run through? It's a relatively long one. Yeah, do it. I'll edit it down if need be. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's, let's start with, there are certainly two ways ones can look at this movie. One I can look at this movie, by the way, trying to sound very, very smart. there. I will start from the perspective of a person who has never read the poem. This movie is a solid piece of art with some great thinking involved and with good acting as well. However, this is where it stops. As a person who read the poem and wrote a great essay on it, I am utterly disappointed. I really want to hear your great essay, Vah One. <laughs> um, first things first, Arthur's sister is Indian? Question mark.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: Here we go. <laughs> um... Um, also, Gawain is not the son of Morgana Le Fay, but a son of Morgals, according to the whole Arthurian cycle, which Lowry decided to disregard and just make a movie on one piece of work. Imagine second, that.
1: Imagine taking one isolated piece of work to make a movie of it instead of making a movie, what, of, like, the entire Arthurian tradition?
0: Um, uh, second of all, the scenes with Bandits... Bandits. Bandits. Uh, <laughs> giants and a fox are made up not are made up which would be fine if they actually brought something to the adaptation but they did not so I consider them useless in the sense of this movie um I'm not gonna continue with with the rest of it because he then gets really really angry about the bit with the lord and the lady um for a very long time um but basically yeah I think the key part of that review is that he doesn't like that Arthur's sister is Indian. Yeah, you kind of
1: lost me at that point
0: to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> that that's that's where the real element of your uh 3 out of 10 review came in mate, I'm afraid. Um but yeah, so so it did have this really um I think there's people who the people who disliked the Green Knight was a mixture of those absolute losers who are obsessed with Arthurian legends and don't like any anything changing about them. A bit like the people who didn't like uh, Holmes and Watson. I was going to say, this Sherlock sounds like the, the
1: Sherlock Holmes people. So anything that annoys those kind of people is good
0: yeah we've got those people and then we've got at the other end of the spectrum the anti-nerds who wanted to watch a movie with a knight who cut off people's heads
1: the people who thought this was going to be like King Arthur 2004 I think. and I think if you look at the poster and a lot of the marketing I mean if you wa- yeah. if you were to watch more than a few seconds of trailer you'd, you, it would be clear that it's not another Clive Owen film but like if you look at the poster it looks like that doesn't it and I actually think that's a smart move. I actually think they 100% knew what they were doing. And the part of the reason for its box office success is because the marketing was very good.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the marketing was amazing. And like there's people like, like myself who are, uh, who are just enamored with it because it was clear that this was going to be a real visual treat to watch. Um, from the off and you know I'm one of those pretentious scumbags who when A24 makes a movie I'm generally going to be interested in it because I am that kind of awful human being A24 but, guys that's who <laughs> um, we are I'm I'm, I'm I'm, an A24 guy I drink chi- uh, masala chai tea and talk about smart films and have a beard and glasses oh, they that's did. who I, I am
1: everything everywhere well that was really good as well there you go
0: yeah I mean A24 they make great films Midsummer, <laughs> Midsummer, Um Yeah, you you think about um, yeah, you think about those great films they've made. Ralph and the in the Witch as well, which is another great great horror movie. I think they they did Ex Machina as well, didn't
1: they? Oh, really? Your yes, yeah, so, that's your greatest of all time, isn't it? Your goat?
0: Yeah, genuinely, I think it's the the highest ranking movie I've given on this podcast, um, and is genuinely one of my one of my favourite movies ever um, but yeah you, you think about all of these oh they did
1: Swiss Army Man as well and, and, and
0: Swiss Army Man you know like they make interesting films so yeah absolutely I'm going to be interested in stuff if they are involved in it Um, and not everything they they release is great but a lot of stuff is
1: I'm looking through the, the list of films now I'm not seeing anything not, nothing bad is jumping out at me well the killing of a sacred deer have you seen that? No. That's no. supposed to be uh, uh, divisive at best I think. Yes.
0: But I like the director. So. But that's
1: the thing with Yorgos Lanthimos. The mm. Favourite was so good. Um I loved it so much and then I hated The Lobster so much that like <laughs> Well I didn't I, I didn't hate it but it didn't there was a lot about it that I didn't like. I could see what it was doing well but like yeah. I have to actually have to listen back to our episode on that to see how it. went. I did the Disaster Artist as well. Yeah, you know this is a very varied slate of mm. films, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, like you look at you look at like three of my favourite movies of last year were released by a 24, where they had X, which is a, a horror movie directed by Ty West, um, Alex Garland's Men, which is a movie I I really like. Oh yeah, I want to watch that and, at some point. And Everything Everywhere All at Once um you know they make interesting and varied movies so i mean yeah they they're an interesting company they make cool stuff
1: yeah and i think a lot of people think that um think that it's just cool to be like oh yeah a24 i like a24 films that makes me clever and then there's almost like the backlash against that which is just as stupid isn't there it's like you know they're just a cool company you make cool films
0: yeah or oh, the they're so pretentious, why can't you just be happy with the Marvel movie?
1: Because they're all the same. Although, yeah, yeah. I have to say, they, they, have been, they have produced Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, so I might have to take this back.
0: <laughs> I'd have to take it back. <laughs> and they are apparently doing the 25th anniversary re-release of Darren Aronofsky's Pie. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think I've seen. I seem to remember that movie. I haven't some, seen it. Some, some guy does maths and it goes badly for him. <laughs> like everyone who's ever done maths. Yep. Rishi maths Sunak never... especially. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, we've we've had a lot of a ramble here. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No,
1: I, I think we've covered it, haven't we? If you haven't yeah. seen The Green Knight, watch it. It's absolutely brilliant. It, it's it's a fantastic film that could not be a better adaptation of its source material whilst also putting an interesting spin on it and, you know, not just kind of adapting it faithfully, but looking at the themes and sort of subverting and inverting some things whilst also being a visual feast and being highly atmospheric and really, you know, aesthetically brilliant as well. Yeah, it's it's really, really good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a genuine, it's a bit of a delight to watch this film. It's yeah, I hadn't watched it since the cinema, and it was really nice to revisit it. And I got an awful lot out of it watching it on the small screen. It's a treat. Um, the- I
1: watched it on my phone as a twenty-four intended,
0: <laughs> as, as was intended by David Lowry. <laughs> um, that's what he would have wanted.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, how are we gonna how are we gonna rate this?
0: Uh, that's a that's a really um, good question, actually. Um, how many, how, how many swings of an axe would it take to cut off your head?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm really strong. I've got the sash of protection and it's going to take 18 chops to chop off my head out of a possible 20.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to stick with 18 as well. Um, this is a great, a great film. Uh, loved it.
1: Yeah a modern
0: classic absolutely so um, I've got a not modern but classic well maybe maybe potentially a classic for this podcast should an old film we want to do well old old now not old when we were growing up okay Um, but I've never seen it and I hear that it's good and lots of people like it Um, we're going to watch Empire Records
1: oh I've never seen it either yeah I've, I've, yeah I've been interested in this I've wanted to see it for a while I just kind of one of those ones you never get round to oh good choice
0: yeah let's do it let's watch Empire Records
1: good cool and yeah a bit of a pivot away from all this all this fantasy nonsense that I'm sure all our fans
0: hate instead we'll have the fantasy of being able to make a living working in a record store <laughs> it's uh it's a um topical reference about the changing times that we live in (laughs) yeah
1: everyone knows that no one's done that since high fidelity (laughs) all right good absolutely good choice i'll look forward to watching that right well we hope you enjoyed watching or not watching the Green Knight. If you haven't seen it, please, please do go and watch it. And hopefully, we've managed to persuade you. If you were on the, if you were on the fence, um, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. Don't Pod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. There's a link in our show. It's where you can give us money like a virtual tip jar. And we'll be back next week to talk about Empire Records.
0: Alrighty. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.